Pastor Xavier Reese and the power of being spirit-filled. As an alcoholic cannot quench his thirst, so the believer is to thirst after the Holy Spirit. Psalm 42, 1 says, As a deer thirsts after the water brook, so thirst I after you, O Lord. As an alcoholic lives from day to day depending on the alcohol, so the believer lives depending on the Holy Spirit to live each day. Zechariah 4, 6, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The world is filled with wars and skirmishes fueled by the desire that fills all men, simply known as control. Today, Pastor Xavier continues his study in the book of Ephesians as he points out the importance of letting the Spirit of God take control of all your wants and desires. Let's listen. Ephesians chapter 5 Verse 18, the message is entitled, The Wise Are Filled with the Holy Spirit. We are exhorted as believers to be under the control of the Holy Spirit and nothing but the Holy Spirit. What we want to do this morning is focus our study on verse 18 and the three things that the believer is taught regarding being filled with the Spirit of God instead of wine. Let me read the text. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Short and straight to the point. Three things I want to call your attention to. First, being filled with the Spirit is in contrast to being filled or drunk with wine. Secondly, being filled with the Spirit is compared to being affected with wine. And then thirdly, being filled with the Spirit is a command. Let's begin with the first. Being filled with the Spirit is in contrast to being drunk with wine. The negative implies danger by contrast. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. First of all, notice that the apostle has been contrasting the lifestyle of the children of darkness to the children of light from verse 1 down to 17. Let me just run through it. Verse 1 through 3, the children of darkness walk in lust, using people to gratify themselves sexually in and in every form without any restraint. While the children of love and of God love others, pleasing God, not themselves. Verse 4, the children of darkness walk in defiled speech, which is obscene. It has double meaning. It is filled with filthy jokes. While the children of love Give thanks to God. In verse 8 through 14, the children of darkness walk in unfruitful works of darkness, while the children of light expose them as evil in order that they may be saved. Then verse 15 through 17, the children of darkness walk by every standard of man, wasting time, being foolish, while the children of light are walking in wisdom. Following God's word, taking advantage of every opportunity, understanding the will of God. The command is not to be drunk with wine. Again, is that contrast. Paul lived in the day when drunkenness was life as usual. No different than today. The consequences are costly. 
The person being drunk with wine is not with dissipation. The word dissipation, in its root meaning, it means to save. So the meaning is unsaving, uncontrollable, wasteful, destructive in quality. Whenever wine is associated, there is not one good thing that can take place. It begins with your physical health and body. And from there, it's downhill. Alcohol attacks the higher senses of the brain and destroys everything it comes in contact with. If you don't believe me, leave a piece of meat, a piece of steak, and some alcohol, some whiskey tonight, and come and see it tomorrow morning. That's what it does to your body, every place it touches. Drunkenness is marked by lack of wisdom and foolishness, and being filled with the Spirit of God is a mark of wisdom. The financial cost to everyone is incredible. The amount of money that is lost in the workforce, consequently, is into the ten to hundreds of billions of dollars from absenteeism, from alcohol-related things. The cost for arrests, trials, and jailing of drunkards costs more than $100 million a year, and these figures roll. One half of all traffic fatalities, homicides, and one-fourth of all suicides are alcohol-related. Being filled with the Spirit is in contrast to being drunk with wine. Secondly, being filled with the Spirit is compared to being affected with wine. The positive it is implied an object lesson by comparison. Now, the Greek grammar is unique here and could be translated, be controlled by the Spirit. The believer is to allow himself or herself to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, to be supplied liberally so as to walk in the Spirit even as a drunk is controlled by alcohol. As a man is under the influence of alcohol, and yields to his desires. So a believer is to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, yielding to the desires of God. As an alcoholic cannot quench his thirst, so the believer is to thirst after the Holy Spirit. Psalm 42, 1 says, As a deer thirsts after the water brook, so thirst I after you, O Lord. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. As an alcoholic lives from day to day, depending on the alcohol to live, so the believer lives from day to day, depending on the Holy Spirit to live each day. Zechariah 4, 6, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Many today would have you and I to believe that drinking is a disease, Right? And we're all dysfunctional and we're all codependent and enablers and so on and so forth. And it's a disease. How can you blame these people? And so scientists are trying to find that little gene that, no, 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 no. Listen, if it is a disease, it is the only disease that is contracted by the act of the will. It is the only disease that requires a license to propagate it. It is the only disease that is bottled and sold. It is the only disease that requires an outlet to spread it. It is the only disease that produces a revenue for the government. It is the only disease that provokes crime. It is the only disease that is habit-forming. It is the only disease that is spread by advertising. It is the only disease without a germ or virus cause and for which there is no human corrective medicine. So much for a disease, and I couldn't help myself. 
Now, do you remember going to some party or friend's house, and there was no way about it, you were going to have to drink? You want a beer? No, no, no. Are you weird or what? And that's the way we grow up, right? And so when you start out, and there you go. So each of us is to understand that we are to expect to be filled continuously with the Holy Spirit. There's no option. Do you remember seeing people as they were drinking and you weren't drinking at that time? And slowly but surely they began to manifest certain things, slurred speech. Let me have another one, okay? You what? They get louder. Who said that? Some get quieter, but most of them get louder. They often get more courage. They're not very brave without the alcohol. But once the alcohol comes, man, they're like Goliaths. All of these things are normal to someone who's drinking all the time. So each of us should be more under the control of the Holy Spirit, the influence of the Spirit, in order to do things that we would not normally do. You see, under the influence of alcohol, we do things we would not normally do in ourselves. And so we as believers are to be filled with the Spirit and the influence so much that we will be doing things that we would not normally do in ourselves. There's the contrast. There's the comparison. The person who is constantly drinking develops a craving, a desire for alcohol, and it grows and grows, and it usually begins at youth. Those of us who drank, remember the first time you drank? I remember the first time I drank. It was behind this alley. I was 15 years old. And I took a drink of that thing, and whoa, I wanted to just spit it out, but I couldn't. I had three friends in front of me. And so you kept forcing yourself from weekend to weekend, whatever. Then pretty soon, it tasted pretty good. So each of us are to be developing an unsatisfied craving for the filling of the Holy Spirit. The more you drink, the more you want. It's a simple principle. You don't drink, you don't want. Alcohol gives people a buzz. The Spirit gives the believer a blessing. Alcohol is used to seduce sexually. The Spirit is used to save sexual purity. Alcohol is used to feel less inhibited. The Spirit helps us to be less foolish. Being filled with the Spirit is compared in a positive way here. Now, thirdly, being filled with the Spirit is a command. But be filled with the Spirit. The tense is in the imperative. This is not an option, but a necessity. You went to school in high school. You started getting elective classes. You had your core classes, your required classes to graduate. You had electives. The electives, you had a choice. This is not an elective. This is a requirement. Walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians 5.16. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh, and you cannot do that which you wish. Galatians 5.17. So there's a warfare going on, right? The only way to win is to be filled with the Spirit of God. By the way, this is a prerequisite, all this, before the family gets to it. If you're going to be a family man, notice, the family comes after this. If you're going to be a family man, a husband, a wife, and you're not going to be filled with the Spirit, you're headed for deep, deep trouble, a lot of heartache, a lot of problems. Because flesh 
only begets flesh. The Spirit guides us, teaches us, empowers us. Jesus said that to his disciples, John 14, 15, and 16, the night before he was betrayed. He's the paraclete, the comforter, one just like him. The one to carry on his ministry in his name. The Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy for godliness, James 4, 5 says. He doesn't want to share us with nothing that is against God. He wants us to be one with him. Secondly, the tense is in the present this is to be going on on an ongoing, continuous basis. Not just when we are serving, not just when I'm teaching, not just when I'm preaching, on an ongoing basis. It could be translated, keep on being filled. Keep on keeping on, literally, in modern English. Jesus said this, He that believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, John 7, 38. And then in verse 39, John gives us a commentary. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit, which was not given to the churches of yet because Jesus was not yet glorified. The future promise. This is what will quench our thirst and the void within us. The filling of the Holy Spirit continually. That so often is attempted to be satisfied by material possessions, sex, and pleasure. In Romans 8, 20, it says that void has been placed there purposely by God. It can only be filled by Jesus. Listen to Jesus speaking to the woman of Samaria. You remember her account? She was coming to draw water, and Jesus offered her some water. He says, whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. He said, oh, Lord, give me this water. She didn't want to come back and forth. She misunderstood the water. Never thirst again. She had had five husbands. She was living with a man. Kind of sounds like our day, huh? Amazing. Thirdly, the command is for every believer. The verb is in the plural number. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit, making us his possession, ownership. Ephesians 1.13, he told us. We are engaged to Jesus by the Holy Spirit, the deposit of our future redemption, Ephesians 1.14. We are not to grieve the Holy Spirit. That means bring pain to him, Ephesians 4.30. We are to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Every believer is to be filled continuously with the Spirit, Ephesians 5.18. It is an imperative command to all. Fourthly, the command... It's in the passive voice. This teaches us that the filling is not a work of man, but of God. You remember the words of John the Baptist? He says, I am among you. I baptize you in water, but there's one among you whose shoelaces I'm not worthy to loosen. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. This is not a work of man. It's a work of God alone. As the ocean is constantly being filled by every river that flows into it from the world. And Ecclesiastes touches this. And it's never full. So we are to be continually filled with the Spirit of God because we'll never be filled enough with Him. That is how destructive the flesh is. That we have to continually be filled with the Spirit of God. It is not a negative commentary on the Holy Spirit. It's a negative commentary on our flesh. 
The flesh is weak, the spirit willing. So we must walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The doctrine of the Holy Spirit as a person is clearly taught throughout the scriptures. You can start from Genesis, work all the way to Revelation. The Holy Spirit is with man, describing the Holy Spirit's present at salvation and after salvation in John 14, 17. Before salvation, the Holy Spirit is with man to convict him. After salvation, the Holy Spirit is in man to direct him. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, Jesus said in John 16, 8 through 11. Of righteousness and of judgment. Sin referring to the missing of the mark. We all qualify. Righteousness refers to the bankruptcy of every person to merit salvation. Judgment referring to the accountability of each individual's life to God after death. But not only that, the Holy Spirit is in man, Jesus said in John 14, 17. And the Greek word in is in. It describes the Holy Spirit after accepting Christ. The Lord now abides in the believer. The Christian now abides in Christ. The believer's body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says, or 6, 19. And the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is the representative of Christ on the earth. And the individual is not his own. He's been bought with a price, as Peter 1, 19 says, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. If you do not have the Spirit of God, you are not His. The minute you're born again, you have the Spirit of God. You need to understand that. The doctrine of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is synonymous with the command to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's no different. You remember John the Baptist, he made the distinction. I baptize water that comes among you, I'm not worthy to loosen. Holy Spirit and fire, right? You find that in Matthew, also in Luke 3.16. Jesus told his disciples to tarry in Jerusalem till they be endued with power from on high, the promise of the Father in Luke 24.49 and Acts 1.8. The disciples of Jesus experienced the filling of the Holy Spirit not just one time, but over and over and over again. You remember in Acts chapter 2, verse 24, the day of Pentecost, they were filled, right? They were born again already. Now, every person who receives, as I said, Jesus has the Holy Spirit immediately, Romans 8, 9. The minute you're born again, you have the Spirit. But that does not mean the baptism. It can happen, but it doesn't necessarily obligate it at the same time. That's another teaching. We've touched on it before, but let me just say it that way so you see the difference, okay? Now, Peter was also filled after the day of Pentecost in Acts 4, 8, when he was brought before Caiaphas and Annas, and he was filled again. Then in Acts 4.31, when the disciples were told not to preach in the name of Jesus, they prayed to God and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter and John were present, another filling. Remember the Samaritans in Acts 8.15-16? They were baptized in water as they received Christ. And then when Peter and John came down, then they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Subsequent to salvation, the Apostle Paul received the baptism of the Holy Spirit first then he was baptized in water. You can look that up in Acts 9, 17 through 18. The house of Cornelius was baptized with the Holy Spirit first. As Peter was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Then he baptized them in water in Acts 10, 44 through 48. You remember Paul being filled with the Holy Spirit, looked upon the eyes of Ilam as a sorcerer in Acts 13, 9, and commanded blindness to come upon him? He was filled again. How about the Ephesian disciples and Acts 19, 1 through 6. Paul says, what were you baptized into? He says, into 
John's baptism, a repentance. He says, we, don't, we haven't even heard that there's such thing as the Holy Spirit. And he prayed for them, laid hands, and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. That was 24 years after Pentecost. The house of Cornelius was 12 years after Pentecost. An interesting phenomenon is that every time you see the scriptures I've given you in Acts, every time you see the baptism, and it's done with three prepositions, the upon. You, the Holy Spirit is with us, we're born again, He's in us, and then He comes upon us. Every time you have the P experience, you have the baptism, and you have also gifts associated with the baptism. It doesn't mean that gifts are automatic or that any one gift is the evidence, but we do find, and the two that we find more common is prophecy and tongues. So there is no one gift we can say is the true evidence. All we can say is that when we see the baptism, what is associated and connected with it often is gifts of the Holy Spirit for the work of service and the building up of the body of Christ. The desperate need to be filled on a continuous basis is for every believer without exception. Jesus said it was for the 11 and for the 120 as he spoke to them in Luke 24, 49 and Acts 1, 4. Peter said the baptism is for all who repent and as many as are far off in Acts 2, 38 and 39. When they said, what must we do to be saved? Repent and receive the promise of the Spirit. It's to you, your children, and to as many as are far off. I presume we qualify. Jesus said, all we have to do is ask in faith. In Luke eleven thirteen, he gave the parable of a man who needed bread that night. And then he says, if you being evil, because the guy asks, if, if, if you ask God for bread, is he going to give you a stone? If you ask him for an egg, will he give you a serpent? He says, if you being evil, he's speaking to his disciples, Know how to give good gifts to your children. Here's the punchline. How much more will your heavenly Father give to you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He's talking to his disciples already. He can't be talking about being born again. The teachings from the lesser to the greater. How do we receive it? By asking by faith. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time event then. It is repeated over and over again as we need it. Even as Jesus said in John 7, out of his innermost being shall gush torrents of living water. The greatest waste of resources is not by the unbeliever in the world. Listen to me. The greatest waste of resources is by the Christian in the church who does not make use of the resources and power of the Holy Spirit of God to be the light of the world. We are the greatest culprits in this world not the non-believer. We are commanded to be filled continuously with the Spirit. Three very basic and straightforward things the believers taught regarding being filled with the Spirit of God continually. Being filled with the Spirit is a contrast to being drunk with wine. I presume that you've lived long enough to see the benefit and to run from the consequence. Being filled with the Spirit is compared to being affected with wine. I presume and hope that you will choose to be influenced by the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is a command. My prayer is that you obey. Keep on being filled with the Spirit for it is a mark of the believer's walk 
and wisdom. May God give us the wisdom to be filled. Pastor Xavier Reese with a poignant reminder about the importance of the influence of the Holy Spirit, especially in the life of the believer. Today's message, The Wise Are Filled with the Holy Spirit, is available, as always, on CD for just $4. And this will also include what Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together. So to receive a copy, ask for the title, The Wise Are Filled with the Holy Spirit, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information helps us track the impact of this outreach in your area. How do you have a successful marriage? That's coming up on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Be sure and tune in. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 